All right. Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about mindset and more specifically about the yardstick you measure yourself to. This can have a great effect on your your progress, your learning, and your performing, you know, if you're out there performing. Uh, but it can also have a really detrimental effect as well, depending on, again, what yardstick you're measuring yourself to. So that's what we're talking about today. In these times of instant gratification, short attention spans, and shiny new objects, I think we lost the true essence of what being a guitar player and a well-rounded musician is all about. Most of the guitar instruction and lessons consist of put your fingers here how-to videos. That's like trying to be an artist using paint-by-number kits. Throughout the years, I've realized that my students and I spend quite a bit of time talking about important musical concepts and other tangents about the guitar, and that is why we're here together. Welcome to the Guitar Alchemy Podcast. My name is Gene Argentine, and we're going to talk about the guitar and all things related to this amazing instrument. Welcome to this episode of Guitar Alchemy. Today we're going to talk about mindset and um, just a part of the mindset. And it's really about what yardstick you're measuring yourself by or measuring yourself to. This can really uh, help you or it can really wreak havoc on you. For me, it does both, um, depending on my frame of mind. So when you're developing in your developmental years, um, you're, you have your influences, you have your style of music you like, your favorite players, and you always look to them and you, in a sense, idolize them. You try to mimic what you like about their style, whether it's speed, whether it's phrasing, whether it's tone, whether it's touch, um, certain techniques uh, like, you know, pull-offs, hammer-ons, legato, um, you know, the... Uh, the point is, is you start mimicking your uh, your idols or your influences, and that's natural, and, and it's it could be a really good thing. Uh, one can take it too far, and that's a whole other story in another episode. But you're always going to measure yourself, and you're always going to fall short if you're comparing yourself to your idols. Like my idols, uh, my main one, my main influence was Richie Blackmore in my developmental years. Uh, and it's changed throughout um, who I really focused on at times. You know, it was Richie at first. It was Joe Satriani for quite some time. Steve Vai for a time. Randy Rhodes. Um, yeah, I just saw all these guitar players. Gary Moore. Um, the list goes on. Paul Gilbert, John Petrucci, um, you know, Matthias Jabs. Man, lately I've been getting to, into uh, Uli John Roth and... Oh my gosh, that guy. Anyways, um, I, I ramble on. I, anyway, so you're always going to compare yourself and you're always going to fall short because in your head, they're always going to be better, you know? Um, so let me get to a, a quick point. Um, if you've ever seen the movie Amadeus, I think it was out in the mid-80s, story about Mozart and his um, life I know a lot of it was fictionalized, uh, and, but it was told through the eyes of another musician and composer named Salieri. Now, this guy loved music. It was in his DNA, as music does to so many people, you know, and I, that can be a wonderful thing. Now, Salieri, he, um, he came across Mozart, and at first 
he was, uh, if my recollection is correct, uh, he was really taken by his talent, you know, his uh, abilities on the instrument, his com uh, compositional skills, to the point where he was extremely envious. And he always, um, like, despised Mozart because he was so much better. He was like Salieri wanted to be. Like, if Salieri could be reach his fullest potential, Mozart, that's, that's what Mozart was. So for me, you know, if I take that whole scenario, put it in my life, you know, when I was, oh gosh, about eight, uh, 19 or so, 20, I, you know, I always had a subscription to Guitar Player Magazine and they had a spotlight column, you know, Mike Varney, uh, Shrapnel Records used to put out a, yeah, I don't know if he still does or, you know, uh, at that time put out a column called Spotlight where he highlighted uh, unknown talent. And in this one issue, and I still I still have my old issues, uh, had a guy named Ingve Malmsteen, okay, guy from Stockholm, Sweden. The same issue actually had a uh, young Paul Gilbert as well. Um, you know, I want to say Paul was maybe 14, 15. Ingve, I think at the time was 18. I, I think Ingve, I want to say is just a, uh, half a year older than me or about a year, year and a half older than me. So I see Ingve and I see the picture. He had a picture in there. He always, you know, send, have to send a picture in a, in a cassette tape at that time. Cause cassettes were the, the media of, um, you know, that, that was the norm at the time. So I see this picture of Ingve, a young Ingve, and he just looked like he, you know, kicked ass, you know, and, the review that that Varney gave him was, you know, remnant, you know, he says, yeah, he's reminiscent of Uli Roth and, and this and that and amazing. So I'm thinking, wow, this guy, you know, my gosh, you know, it really resonated with me, you know, in not a bad way, or, you know, not a good way, but it's like, it really just kind of stuck in my head. And then I see this picture of Paul Gilbert in the same, same write up, same column. And Paul Gilbert was like young, uh, had this, crazy, you know, homemade flying V, if I'm not mistaken, he and his dad made it. And he was just like this little guy, man. But, and then, you know, Varney was saying to him about, you know, he's reminiscent of Michael Shanker and this and that. So I'm thinking, you know, you know, these are some names I have to watch out for and, you know, be aware of, because I know I'll come across them in the future. So I don't know how long later, maybe six months to a year, Yngwie's in a LA band called Steeler. And um, he's with the band a couple months. And then, and I hadn't heard him at the time, but then he goes and uh, forms the band Alcatraz with Graham Bonnet, who used to sing for Richie on the Down to Earth album. And so I, I bought the Alcatraz album and I heard Yngwie and I, and I was like, oh my God, you know, this guy is amazing. And to this day, he's amazing. I love Ingve and I love his playing and I love his style. Uh, the guy honestly has some of the best technique I've ever seen and heard in my life. You know, you look at his right hand, it's effortless. It is flawless technique. That guy is absolutely amazing. So, so then, um, I had the Alcatraz album bought, uh, the Steeler album cause it was out and it was on this, you know, the shrapnel label and, uh, heard that. And it was kind of strange because 
it, you know, it wasn't really Ingbe's cup of tea. It was like straight ahead LA, local LA rock for that time. And then they like plugged Ingbe into it. So you had these like neoclassical uh, soloing and shredding to this really basic blues-based rock, you know, it, was, it didn't really fit too well. But it was still good, still amazing, uh, still a great album. But anyway, long story short, so I see Yngwie uh, with Alcatraz. They were touring uh, for that No Parole for Rock and Roll album. It was their their first one with Yngwie, first album they put out as a group. Saw them in Santa Barbara at the uh, Arlington Theater, kind of a smaller theater, really cool plays. And I see Yngwie, um, and to me, oh God, it was just amazing seeing this. Uh, he must have been 19, 20 at the time, and the guy just shredded absolutely amazing absolutely amazing so for me in my formative years man i i thought about it and i listened to the records and listened to him and and i was like i'll never i'll never reach that level you know of physical agility and just musicality and it's like man, i ingbe as most players affect people in one of two ways either they really inspire them you know or people say you know what i can't do it i'm gonna set my guitar down so you guys know and i've told you on a previous podcast that i my, i set out to be the best you know i wanted to be the best locally the best person i could be the best guitarist i could be so i'm um you know i'm trying to develop my skills develop my style and along comes ingve you know and to kind of bring this around full circle to me that was very much you know Salieri and uh you know and um you know Mozart Ingve was my Mozart and I was Salieri it's like man I you know so for years it just boggled my mind because I tried you know and I learned some of his licks but um learning licks in coming up with these licks are two different things like you guys will learn um you know solos in in music uh but coming up with the solos and the music that's that's a whole different story you know it, it's one thing to copy somebody it's another thing to create that music or the passages that people are copying so, you know, it's, it's the difference between the imitators and the originators. So anyway, so I wanted to be the best. You know, I told you guys that before. So I practiced hours and hours every day, every day. Didn't miss days till I, you know, had to because of a family vacation. You know, when I was growing up, it was, you know, always a friendly competition, man. You wanted to be the best. You wanted to be the best in the area, best locally. And I did my absolute best to reach that goal. And I, and I do believe in my mind I, I did. You know, I mean, was I the best? I, mean, I don't know. But I was up there with the best players. You know, so I always was told, you know, um, about these great players in L.A. And I'm thinking, man, you know, if I'm going to compete with these guys, if I'm going to compete with these guys, I need to be on my game. I need to be better, you know, than they are. So I learned and learned and I was like a sponge soaking up everything um, you know, my lessons with uh, Jody, uh, Jody Fisher, I talked to you guys about him before, um, you know, and it was funny because 
you know, when I look at him and, and he was absolutely a huge influence on me. And again, I looked at him and his level of musicality and knowledge. I mean, like, I'll never reach that, you know? I mean, it was just so, it, and it is to this day, so vast and comprehensive. It's like, you know, do you even try? So, you know, I always knew I hadn't reached my fullest potential. So I figured, you know what, let's just not think about that. Don't compare yourself to other people, you know? The competition is always going to be fierce, you know? I'm not totally developed yet, you know? Um, when, you know, so you go out to, you know, when you start playing out live and you start playing in, in bigger cities, like for me, that was LA, you know? And you always have these guitar players out there that, you know, the egos are huge and their pride is huge, you know? And you have, and to this day, you go onto YouTube and I was watching a video just the other day that had Joe Satriani, Uli Roth, and Michael Shanker. And you got these people on over here saying, you know, Uli's the best, you know, he's a legend, which he is, and he's fantastic. I love Uli Roth. But then they start, you know, dissing, you know, Satch, like, you know, like Satch, you know, can't play and they're pitting one against the other. And this guy's better than that guy. And Michael Shanker's is this and Satch is that. And, and they can't compare to this one, and this guy's better than that guy. And you know what, guys? It, it just really is is disheartening to see because, you know, music is not a competition. You know? It's not who's better than who. It's not who's faster than who. It's not who uses the Mixolydian mode, you know, in, in, in his songs or, you know? I mean, Satch was getting dissed by people because he was playing outside the box, you know, just because their ears aren't developed, you know, or they haven't stretched their comfort zone to really enhance what Satch is doing. They write it off and say, oh, you know, he's, you know, playing in a weird, you know, key or he's not playing, you know, within the key, you know? So people are commenting and blasting these amazing guitar players out of ignorance. And when I use the ignorance, it's not a negative connotation. It's just the fact that it's when you don't know something, you're ignorant to it. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, ignorance is, there's a lot of uh, negative uh, connotations to that word. And that's not how I'm using it. When I use the word ignorant, I'm saying that it's uh, just uh, a knowledge that somebody does not possess. It's not a negative thing. So it's, it really hinders uh, a lot of players because there's always haters out there. So if you start measuring yourself to these other people that are gonna put you down or these other players that are just amazing, fantastic players, it is gonna stifle your growth, okay? So you're gonna hear me say this a lot and really the only measure the only yardstick you want to measure yourself to okay so i have john doe here john doe shouldn't measure himself to anything or anybody except the fully fullest developed to his fully potential john doe john doe in his fullest potential okay that's the only yardstick so jane doe you know, don't compare yourself to, you know, anybody out there locally, professionally, except Jane Doe as she, if she's fully developed, you know what I mean? 
as a musician and a player. So me, you know, I've been playing a long time, you know, I'm constantly learning new stuff and constantly trying different techniques. And sometimes, honestly, I feel like a beginner because I'm trying to uh, learn these techniques and they're just not within my style. I'm trying to stretch my comfort zone and my, my knowledge, you know, and sometimes when you do that, you have to go back to basics. And if I'm comparing myself to, you know, somebody else, you know, I'm going to think in my head, I suck. You know, and that's not what you want to do. You need to stay positive and say, okay, well, I need to, you know, as an example, you know, I, I've been, I've always been taught alternate picking. Alternate picking speed is alternate picking, developing your, you know, your, your speed and your technique. So then I come across, you know, through the years, uh, economy picking, okay? And, and I kind of write it off at first because it's not real comfortable for me and I'm used to the economy picking and, and I'm, you know, pretty fast. And, and so then I, I continue researching it, you know, and everybody that has mastered that technique says, you know, it is, it is ridiculous speed with minimum effort, you know, minimum uh, efficiency you know, ex well, I should say extreme efficiency, minimal movement, ridiculous speed. So I'm thinking, okay, that's cool. So, but then I also read uh, in this specific uh, specific column, which was by Frank Gambale, you know, if you guys are, uh, you know, I love that guy, if you guys are familiar with him. And he was saying that, you know, if you've been alternate picking your whole life, you're going to struggle at first because it's so different. So, to bring this whole thing around, long story short, so what I, what I want to impress upon you guys is that, you know, um, don't measure yourself to the wrong yardstick, okay? What's going to happen is there's, you know, music, playing music and playing an instrument is not a competition, guys. It's not like the Olympics. You know, you don't get a prize for playing, you know, um, you know, 30-second notes, you know, two beats per minute faster than, than Joe Blow down the street, there's always going to be somebody who's faster, cleaner, tastier, you know, tastier. And you know what? That is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. So really, I think the plan for myself and the plan for you should be you got to find your own voice and your own style. You know, what are your strengths? You know, what makes the guitar sing? You know, how do you want to express yourself on it? So, you know, I push myself and you should push yourself too. You know, you also, um, it's a great idea to be realistic in your assessment and in my assessment of my abilities and your assessment of your abilities. Um, you know, like I said, you know, when, I, when I'm starting a new technique, whether it's, you know, tapping with multiple fingers on my right hand or whether it's economy picking or, you know, learning a new mode and how it, you know, um, how to, to express myself using that, you know, I have to be realistic in my assessment of my abilities, you know, I'm, it's not going to sound like I wanted to at first, but that's okay. You have to put your ego in check. You have to get rid of your pride, put your ego in check and say, you know what, I'm, I'm learning something new and, you know, that's going to make me better in the long run. So what's going to happen? You know, if you can do that, you're going to be cleaner, you're going to be faster. You're going to be more musical. You know, it's great to have a thirst for music and for knowledge and technique. And, and that's a wonderful thing, you know. But what you're going to find, 
you know, once you hit that wall and you surrender your ego, you're going to find that you're a more mature musician. You're going to have more perspective uh, in your playing. You're going to have, you know, your approach is going to be, uh, you know, more well-rounded and encompass more, um, more tools and concepts and techniques. You're going to realize that playing music what it's truly about you know what playing an instrument is truly about it's not by being the fastest gun in the west it's not by you know how loud you can turn your your amplifier or the tone you get you know it's about your you know letting your personality come through on the instrument and when it does it's such a nice feeling you know so your transformation guys is you're going to be a musician instead of a guitar player you know, guitar player, playing a guitar and being a guitar player is great. I'd much rather be a musician, you know, and really em uh, encompass myself in, in the musicality of the situation. You know, so also, you know, you're going to see this evolution in your style and you're going to develop this unique voice on the guitar. And that's a wonderful thing. And that should be the focus of everybody out there that's serious about you know, taking the guitar as far as you can. You know, if the guitar is part of your DNA, you need to find your own voice and you need to evolve and you need to get that style, you know? And a lot of times it's one step forward, 10 steps back. But what you're gonna find when you get to this point, you're gonna go one step back, 10 steps forward. It's, gonna, it's a beautiful thing. All right, guys, I know I rambled on for a bit, so do me a favor, do yourself a favor, and don't measure yourself to anybody else, any of your bandmates, any of your idols or influences or, you know, a buddy down the street. You know, just do the best you can. Measure yourself to you 10 years from now or you when you've reached your fullest potential. That's all you need to do. All right, take care and I'll see you on the next episode. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If there's a specific topic relating to the guitar or any aspect of playing music, even band-related issues, leave a comment below and let me know what you'd like to talk about. If you could take a moment to rate and subscribe to the podcast, I would definitely appreciate it. Developing your skills can take a lot of time and it can be pretty lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Check out guitaralchemy.net, enter your name and email address, check out some of the stuff I have for you there, and we'll venture on this journey together. 